Welcome to episode number nine of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. Well, I was able to uh, get another interview, another episode done at the New York Renaissance Fair before the season ended. Um, I know on the on the last episode with Three Pine Shy, I had said uh, I was going to try and get the freestylers of piping. Um, I didn't get those guys. I actually sort of forgot to ask them. <laughs> But uh, they were only there a couple weekends. They've already been there and gone. But um, I did get uh, Matt Young, uh, who we mentioned in the Three Pine Shy episode. He had been helping those guys out uh, while Jonathan was recovering from his his strokes. So I talked to Matt to uh, ask him about a whole bunch of things. How he got into doing Renaissance fairs and how he got into music. How he got into... How how he... uh, was able to help out three punch shy like how that came about and um and uh you know so this is another one that was recorded at the fair so there, you're gonna hear a lot of uh a lot of background noise we're not too far from where the last episode was recorded um so but we were sort of on the main path of where people walk uh, we were not too far from the bathrooms, and so there were people walking past, so you'll hear a lot of uh, noise of people walking by, chatting, and sh- someone was shaking a tambourine at one point. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it was a good time, and uh, I hope that you feel the same. I didn't get any feedback from anybody about that last one, so I'm hoping people are liking the... Uh, the Ren Fair bands, as opposed to the metal bands, I did get uh, someone approached me at the Renaissance Fair uh, when I was there on Labor Day, dressed in the uh, J Bunny costume, and asked me if I was the guy with the podcast because she had listened to the Three Pine Shy episode. So uh, I hope everyone's liking it. And without further ado, here's Matt. All right, what's up, everybody? It's J Bunny. I'm here again at the New York Renaissance Fair, uh, sitting on the outside of the pirate encampment, and today I've got with me Matt Young, the pride of Ireland. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing good. It's a nice day. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, as long as it doesn't, uh, like you were saying before, as long as it doesn't get too much warmer, it'll be a good day. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the sun's going to come out and we're going to get some humidity, but it's probably not going to be as bad as yesterday, so I'm going to call that good. (laughs) So, uh, as I actually mentioned to you uh, just a couple minutes ago, I first became aware of you probably last year. and I, I probably owe that to Stacy because Stacy uh, was always, oh, I'm going to go see Matt. And <laughs> because I was, you know, I was following the pretty girl around, and the pretty girl was following the, the kilted Irishman around. Hey, oh, you know what? I'll take that. I will totally take that. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I, how long have you been at like New York Ren Fair, and how did you get into doing Ren Fairs in general? Uh, well, this is my my first full season at New York Ren Fair. I've been doing it partial seasons for two years before that, so this is technically my third year here. Um, but I've been doing Ren Fairs, uh, I've been working Renaissance Festivals since 1999 was my first year, and uh, working at Ren Fair, and I started attending Ren Fairs in 96, 95, 96. So I've been working Ren Fairs for about 17 years now. Um, and. Uh, I'm, I'm new to this area because I was living in uh, Texas when I really got into fairs. So, so Scarborough Renaissance Festival and Texas Renaissance Festival, those are like my home shows. Scarborough right. really being my home show. Um, I was started up on their performance company, um, and I did that for a number of years. 
uh, and then I had to um, I had to leave there because I was pursuing a more uh, in-depth operatic career and you really can't do that and s s give four months of your life to to Renaissance Fair cast as a volunteer or making next to nothing so I kind of gave that up but I was still doing like partial runs and things like that as like a guest performer um, and then I joined a group or we started a group a friend of mine Jeremy Welch uh, and I decided to start a, an Irish band down in Texas called Traveler Song, and we did that for a number of years until I decided, my wife and I decided to move up to Texas, or move up from Texas to uh, to up here, and we did that about three years ago. Okay. And so you mentioned um, an operatic career. Uh, when did you first? You mentioned that to me yesterday that you'd done ten years in opera. Uh, when did you start like playing music? Like how old were you when you first got into playing and singing and, and whatever? Um, that's. Well, let's see. I I did my first like solo performance in front of a crowd when I was six. In a ch like, my dad was a preacher, so like I was kind of and I kind of got discovered as a hey, he can sing. Um, let's put him like you know front and center in the children's choir. And so I did that at the church and performed at the church since I was like since I was really small. Um, my mom has a master's degree in piano, so oh, wow. um, so you know I kind of grew up in that musical household, and uh, the I like so I, I did my opera stuff really from from her, and this you know she put me to sleep you know listening to like Beethoven recordings and Mozart and a lot of the the big classical stuff, but my grandfather, her dad, was a bluegrass fiddler, so oh, wow. um, you know he did fiddle fiddle and like twelve string guitar. Um, he did like f fiddle and twelve string guitar and uh, mandolin and a little bit of everything else. So um, he uh, um, so he did. Uh, he was kind of like my introduction to the traditional music. Uh, listening to him and doing like kitchen kitchen jam sessions with his friends and things like that. And from there, I kind of like evolved naturally into the Irish stuff. And I just kind of really felt at home in the Irish music from that. That's cool. Now, um, during your performances here at Fair, at least, you employ the deck of many scenes. Yes. Uh, of which I, I still hold a card, because uh, <laughs> you didn't want it. No. <laughs> um, so, uh, for, for those that are unaware, you have a deck of cards with songs that you know, mm -hmm. songs that you play, and you just have the audience draw a card, and that is your set. Um, you always say you're, you're too lazy to make a set list. Um, so, what gave you the idea to do that? Was it lazy, or was it just a, a cool gimmick idea you came up with? Or um, that was actually uh, the the band I mentioned, Traveler Song. That was kind of one of our shticks uh, down in Texas because we both Jeremy and I have like severe ADD, and we really just like we start looking at making a set list, and we're like, you know, we can do this, and we can do this, and all you know, like before we know it, we've got a set list that's like 20 songs long. And we've still only got half an hour, so <laughs> we're just like, you know what? Let's do it this way, and we can get the audience involved, and like we'll still try and take requests, but at the very least, we've got this skeletal structure of these songs. And like, I could make set lists, but that just seems like like I've got like I think my catalog at this point is like 120 songs. Wow. So like that are fair appropriate. And you know I've got more when I'm not doing fair stuff, but I'm like you know I could make 50 sets like yeah. you know off that. So why not just 
draw draw six cards, and then once that set is done, I pick those cards up and I put them to the side, and I don't use them again until the rest of the cards are done. Right, right. So, so does that ever? You, that can go one of two ways. Does that ever have you pull something and it's like, oh crap, I haven't played this in a while? I, I, I or or does it force you to remain well practiced in everything that you do? Yeah, no, it definitely it uh, is definitely something that keeps me. It's like okay. Like, the, everything that's in the deck, I've got to be completely, like, pretty close to 100% on for right. the most part. So, um, there's going to be a few times when I'm like, oh, crap, that one. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, most of the time, I'm able to I'm able to go through the deck almost entirely in a weekend. So, it's kind of like keeps me keeps me boned up on, on that stuff. Right, yeah, because you do, what, three or four shows a day? My, of my I'll sets, do, own my own solo. sets, I'll do four sets a day, and then I'll go out into the lanes and, and you know, throw down a tip cup and play out in the streets, and that's, I'll just, you know, I'll pull a card from that and I'll play it, and I might put it back in the deck, I might use it later, I might not. Okay. Um, so, uh, you, were, you already mentioned that you were, you know, you'd been in Texas and you, you here and it was sort of tied into my next question is yesterday you'd mentioned that you're from New Orleans mm -hmm. and then you mentioned earlier in this recording and also I saw on your Facebook you've been in Texas and now you live in New York so how did you sort of end up from A to B to C <laughs> and and where else maybe in between yeah my uh, well like I said my dad was a preacher and he kind of like his calling I guess you'd like to put it it was like helping churches that were kind of floundering um, and so we I'd pick up and move like every three years or so as a kid like I never really we never really stayed in a place longer than three years um, so I like started in South Louisiana New Orleans uh, and then we moved up to North Louisiana when I was like four or five we were there for like two or three years and we moved to Memphis Tennessee we were there for about three or four years then we moved to Texas and we kind of scattered all over Texas um, from the time I was about 12 um, and I stayed in Texas stayed in the DFW Metroplex for about 15 years but that was when I was really doing the opera stuff and when I started really getting into that and saying, okay, let's, let's try and make a career out of this, I would audition, I'd get roles wherever I'd get, whatever they'd hire me. So I'm gonna go to two months, two or three months doing this program or this festival, opera festival, doing these roles in like St. Louis and then I will go to Chicago and do a show there and then I'll go to Syracuse and I'll do a show there and then I'll go do a summer in Austria and I'll oh, wow. go perform in Austria for a while. I'm going to do, I did, I did like two and a half months in Ireland which was freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, doing, doing a show there and then you know I'd go into New York and I'd audition. Um, do audition season, get you know the next year's jobs lined up, and I'm like, okay, these two months I'm gonna be in Florida, these three months I'm gonna be in Colorado, these two okay. months I'm gonna be in Germany, and like so, then the cycle begins all over again. So I never really was in Texas all that much because I was traveling everywhere else. Um, what brought me into New York, what kind of like said, you know what, I'm gonna live in New York now, was uh, I was doing. I was doing summer program, summer conservatory work, basically education, performance stuff when I was in my 20s, uh, up in the Adirondacks at Scroon Lake at a place called the Siegel Music Colony. Um, it was run by the guys who run the Fort Worth Opera. They knew who I was. I performed with them before. They were like, you know, you'd be really, this would really do well for you on your resume. Why don't you come and do a couple summers up here? And I'm like, sure. Um, and it's about, I'd say, an hour, an hour north of where I live now in Troy, which I had some friends that had moved up from Texas, moved up from Texas to Troy, and so they're like, "Hey, why don't you come visit? Since you're close." And I did. Okay, let's go do that. So I went and um, 
you know, would visit them, and my wife, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, Jess, she would, uh, she every now and then came up and visited too. So we found ourselves taking vacation time and always coming and visiting these friends in Troy because we just kind of really fell in love with kind of like the different way of life that exists up in these, up in that area as opposed to living down in the south. And we're like, you know, years and years and years go by, like six years, we're always taking time to come and visit up in Troy and all yeah, day yeah. and all this stuff. And it's seeing that growing, evolving community there. And like I saw the Irish, the Irish music scene up in this area is freaking amazing. There's some awesome sessions. So I'm just like, we finally, they were like always poking at us. He's like, when are you moving up? When are you moving up? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know what? They asked me again, when are you moving up? I'm like, September. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got married at the end of September and a week later, I'm driving up to Albany, um, finding a job, finding a place to stay. And a month later, Jess comes up with all of our, I go back down, I take Jess, our dog okay, and all so of our she's, stuff. So she's down, she was from down in Yeah, she in was, Texas she too. was lived in, she lived in, she was born in Fort Worth. Like okay. she lived in Texas her whole life. She started traveling with me doing opera stuff cause she's a costumer or she was a costumer. So she was doing like costume shop in St. Louis and doing costume, right. costume shop work at some of the operas. Um, that was so we were able to actually like cohabitate and not like be on the road and be oh I'm gonna see you for like a week and then I won't see you for three months. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, so we moved up here and we've been we've been loving life. She's she's a professional fairy um, right, when yeah, she's, she's not. In, she's up in Connecticut. Right yeah, now. she's doing Connecticut Rent Fair right now as a Thimbleberry, the Wood Sprite. Uh, you can find her on Facebook as well. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, no, we've 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 just really fallen in love with this area, like the way of life. Uh, the mountains, the like. There's actual greenery in four actual seasons yeah, yeah. that exists, <laughs> as opposed to down in Texas where it's like, where it's like, cold or everything's dead because it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, we've we've really loved it up here, and the Irish music scene is is amazing. Like going even you know like down in the city, it's got a great scene, but up in like New England and and where I am in Troy, just like you know there's sessions and musicians. I can pretty much go and find music every week. Traditional right, right. music, just hanging out and jamming. Yeah. So speaking of, of Irish music, sort of, um, you earlier this fair season, uh, you filled in for Jonathan and Three Pint Shy when he had his his, his strokes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talked to those guys about that on the last show. So, um, how did they? How did that come about? That you that they just that, that you were joining with them, uh, and will you be performing with them when they come back? It's a really good question. Um, we haven't talked about it. Like I have pretty much just a like I'm pretty much on the assumption of we will it'll get discussed. I'm probably gonna ping them about it because they've been they've been having to deal with a lot of stuff like for Connecticut and, right. and this weekend in Jersey. Yep. Um, but I'll probably this week I'm probably gonna ping them and see if they need the assist. I don't know. Like John seems to be doing well, but um, I don't know if he'll be back or not this season. Uh, simply because recovery for that type of thing is a slow process, and we're all pulling for him. Right, right. And like you know, I'm trying to keep up. Um, but you know, I'm I'm always willing to play play with those guys. They're great. They're great guys. It's a fun time. Um, we've played we've played together in the past. Uh, we met at the Capital District Ren Fair up in my area, uh, my first year here, and we you know we just hung out and played and stuff. Like no one really knew who I was, but they were like, oh, he'll play in with anybody. Awesome. Um, <laughs> really will. Uh, so I did that, and then. I played in with them a little bit, and we really started like they had. They needed. I kind of threw it out there, and I'm like, hey, if you guys need a fill-in for anything, you know, I'm up. I know I'm up in Albany. 
um, I can probably help you out. So that actually, they tapped me for Steampunk World Fair uh, this year. And that was like the first time I really played in okay. with Three Pints. Like I went and had a, a rehearsal with them like the week before. Um, and so I kind of, and I know their rep pretty well. Like at least, you know, I knew what their rep list was and I kind of heard them enough to go, okay, it's like this. It's a little bit different than my stuff. So we can do it like that. We do it like right, this. Right. Um, so I, I did that. And when, when John had his, uh, his strokes, and we kind of started to realize what was happening. I was like, so guys, I'm here already, and I know you're rep, and I've got my drum, so if you need the assist, I'm, I'm available. Right. Um, and they were like, that'd be great. So I played in with them, and if, uh, if, if it comes that they need me to come and play in the next two weekends, I'm more than happy to do so. They're great guys, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's gonna be super interesting if they do, because I think it's the final Saturday, uh, David Makowski, uh, Creepy Bard, isn't going to be here. So, hmm. that's going to be super fun. <laughs> when it's like, possibly me, David, and Robbie. And Robbie. Yeah, well, they did, <laughs> when they did Connecticut a couple weekends ago, it was those two guys and, and Rick Nessler. And Rick Nessler. I mean, but you know, you put Rick Nessler in anything, right, like, well, yeah, you're going to succeed. I mean... <laughs> You, like that's, that's the ringer right there is Rick Nessler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, they he's were awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't. I learned a lot of. I learned a lot about Rick interviewing those guys he's, last time. He's a surprise. Like I like I I met with him. Like you know, I met him up here when I was doing stuff, and he's a fun dude, and he does some great stuff. And then I started. And then I kind of like you know what? Let's Google him. <laughs> and I'm like just resume as long as my arm of like. Holy crap, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know, like I told them, I didn't know any of that until they said so. Like, yeah, I, right? he was just Philip Hole to me. Yeah, right? No, he's like, but no, he's like, been playing with some like the greatest greats of freaking American folk music for since before I was born. Right. <laughs> so, you know, in addition to helping out Three Pints and doing your solo thing, um, you also play with Rascals and Rogues here. Mm -hmm. um, so how how did you come to join with those guys? Like I, I I've, not, I've never really watched that group, but from what I've seen, it sort of seems like they have a little bit of a changing dynamic yeah. depending on the fair season. Yeah, I mean they're they Rascals and Rogues. Um, from what I can tell, is really it's a it's a um, it's a it's a pro, uh, kind of a project of the fair. It's like actually part of the. Of New York Ren Fair's like group cast groups, um, they've tried to do some stuff outside of fair, but it's really a fair band. So it is go it goes towards the whims of who's on cast mm -hmm. that year. Uh, I came in. It was like my my first year. I only came in. For, I was only going to come in for Labor Day weekend, like for like the weekend before Labor Day. I came in and got like a got like a pat a guest performer pass. And I fell in love with the place. So I'm like, okay, let's just keep doing this. Um, so I just kept coming in and playing. And every now and then, you know, they'd be like, hey, you want to play in? And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll play in. <laughs> so like a lot of these things, I'm just like, you know, I make myself available. And if people want me to come play in, I'm happy to do so. I mean, that's that's what the Irish session type of mindset really is, is the ability to come in and play with whoever. All right. Um, so they they kind of, they kind of like, 
took me into their their rascally roguish embrace and <laughs> and so that's that's where it kind of fell into was uh, was playing for them and then it just kind of became a you know if I have the ability to play in with them awesome but they're kind of a very amorphous type of group anyway so they can get by no matter what right right but if they need the assist I'm available so it's cool it's fun yeah yeah um, so is there is there any guys like I said because it seems like it's changing but are there any guys like within the within that group that are always there or um, I mean, it, it really all, it, it falls on the whims of who's on cast or not. So, like, you know, Murtaugh, Chris Murtaugh has always been there. Like, every year I've been around, he's been here. So he's kind of, like, currently the, like, the guy who is the, the foundation of okay. Rascals and Rogues um, this year. And he's, he's the director of the group and everything else. But, you know, maybe next year he, he might, he might not be able to be on cast next year. So right, right. that will fall to somebody else. I mean, you know, Will's been there for a couple of years. Um, so it's kind of an ever-changing dynamic. Right, so, right. you know, next year there might be a completely different group of Rascals and Rogues with a completely different set list, you know, different songs, and there might not even be a group of Rascals and Rogues at all. So it's similar in, in, it's similar to uh, like the sirens. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it is it, it was the sirens came first, and then someone proposed, hey, we'd love to be able to do a kind of a male group of guys that do like pub songs to kind of um, contrast what the sirens are doing. What's funny is my understanding is that's also how Three Pine Shy started. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you've got all that going on. Is there any other? Do you have any other projects, bands, etc., that you've got going on at the moment? Yeah. Um, when I'm not here, I I, uh, I found a couple guys uh, during playing sessions up in up in the uh, capital region um, that uh, we formed a group called the Hudson Valley Tankers, and it's myself, a guy named David Roberts, who is a great uh, Irish Americana old timey fiddler. This really good fiddle work, and a guy named Joel um, Rosenberg, who is pretty much he does everything. Like he's piano accordion and bazooki and tenor banjo and whistle and whatever the hell else he wants to play at the time. Um, and he does a lot of Irish, but he also does a lot of um, Quebecois Canadian style music, which I've always said is is kind of like what happened when the when a boat came coming from Ireland. Like instead of going to New York, they moved into Canada with all their awesome, you know, toe tapping tunes, and then the French kind of melded it in there. So you get these toe tapping Irish style tunes, and then someone starts singing in French, um, <laughs> and it's super fun. It's like I have really had a great time with this uh, with this Quebecois stuff that he's introduced me to. So, um, uh, so he, uh, so yeah, we we. Um, while I was on the road doing, I had another job, which had me on the road a lot, but now that I'm back home a little bit more, uh, we're going to get that group back together. And it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of the stuff that I play out here, but it's a lot more like we play like tune sets without like there's, you know, it's just tunes, no song, like songs, we like tune sets and Irish stuff and a little bit of Americana. I'll throw in some Johnny Cash. Nice. Um, I'll throw in a little bit of like American folk. We'll throw in some Canadian stuff. Um, you know, they'll play in their stuff and, you know, it's, it's just a kind of a all around folky, fun, toe tapping type of group. Um, we're hoping to do some more stuff with that up north and even like bringing it down into the city in New Jersey. And, uh, I would want, we, I want to see that group take off a lot more cause I think we have a really good thing going. Well, that's cool. I'll yeah. have to, if it makes it my way or I'm 
it's way off. Yeah, yeah. Come check that out. Please do. So, um, you and I only really properly met this year. Yeah. And, and well, I thought that you'd be a great interview. Admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about you. And so I asked around yesterday, uh, people here and Facebook. Facebook was no help. Nobody replied on Facebook. But I, I asked uh, I asked some people here as, as I was uh, out and about yesterday, like, what's some stuff, you know, you guys might know Matt better than I do. What's some stuff that I, should, I could ask Matt about? And so um, one thing that I was told... Where to go? There it is. <laughs> it's that you're a big fan of craft beer. Uh, so I was gonna ask, what are some of your favorite brand styles and flavors, and, oh. and also, do you make your own? Uh, actually, uh, between the time that I got out of being an opera singer and what I'm doing now, I was a professional craft brewer. Oh, okay. um, I worked for two breweries. I worked for a brewery down in Texas, Deep Ellum Brewing Company. Uh, they're doing some great stuff. They have a still, they're a distiller now as well. Oh, wow. um, and that's how I kind of got. I, I was a home brewer. For a couple years before that, and I still make my own beer. Um, and when I moved up here, I got a job as a brewer cellar man for Old Saratoga Brewing Company, um, and I did that for a while. Uh, and I love, you know, like when I was over in Germany and Austria, that was like it kind of like I got turned on to that good, good beer. Right. right. Um, and then the American craft beer scene just started to like mushroom cloud, and I just fell in love with styles and um, just the way that proper beer not like the macro right you know stuff that is like predominantly corn and rice that got that was getting made during like pre you know, like post prohibition war era times to save money and rations because we needed a lot of barley to make bread instead like that's how that that's how a lot of that really started off was you know this is a light american lager that was, we're using corn and rice because we can do that. Um, because we can, we have the resources and this this other ingredient, barley and wheat and everything else, needs to be utilized for like war effort rations. Right. Um, but after the war ended, we're like, well, we can do this way cheaper if we continue using corn and rice. Yeah, yeah. And people are, people are drinking it. So we're just gonna continue making this crap. Right, right. Um, so I, I kind of fell in love with flavors of traditional beer styles um, and started making my own and said, this is really fun, it became a career, or at least tried to turn it into a career. Not really my, like I'm I, I'm not a good professional brewer, I, 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 I uh, it's not my thing, I like brewing for me and mine, I like making my own beer, like in small batches. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, some of my favorite beer styles. I mean, I love I love what things are happening in the New England IPAs these days. These these big tropical flavors coming out of these new hops that people are, are experimenting with, like you know, like nice and dry characteristics, but they're not like resiny or piney like the West Coast IPAs. Uh, that those were never my personal preference. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. good, and there's some that are amazing, but these new ones that are coming out, like I mean. Um, uh, Hetty Topper kind of set the stage for that style. Was you know that hazy, tropical citrusy with a nice, like, light malty foundation and a nice dry finish, drinkable double IPA. And they set the stage. And the thing is, everyone loves Hetty Topper, and Hetty Topper is a great beer. But now everyone in this area is just like, well, you know what? We can do better. Right. So the bar is just just been raised head and shoulders and that's the problem with being setting the standard is that you're the standard you're mind-blowing but this brewery down in Boston is doing it way better right 
Like, you know, because now you've got, like, competition with Hetty Topper. You've got, you know, Trillium and Treehouse and uh, other half brewing. I had their All Citra, Everything, IPA, and Sweet Jesus. It was amazing. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm loving, I'm loving that innovation. Yeah. Um, the sours, like, sours are coming into the U.S., but the problem is there's not a whole lot of, like, they need to start working into barrel blending, like the one, that, like, the, like, Belgium. Belgian breweries have been doing for hundreds of years making their sours. Like, they're not just making a sour beer, putting it in a bottle and selling it. They're making a bunch of sour beer, putting it in a bunch of different barrels, and then testing those barrels like vintners do right. when blending wine. And they're like, okay, we do this, 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 it'll be a well-balanced sour beer. Right, right. Um, and I think that's the next... That's the next step. Um, so... You know, I'm loving that stuff and that innovation, and I think that's the next logical step. And people are starting to do that barrel blending yeah. uh, now, and like I'm excited to see what people are going to start doing with that. There's a brewery down in Texas, a friend of mine is working for, called uh, Collective Brewing Project. They're doing some fantastic wild fermentations, barrel blending, and things like that. They're making some amazing sours and wild fermented beer. Um, Aside from that, I mean, I'm a, I'm a stout guy, porters. I'll drink anything someone's going to put in front of me that's not a light American lager. Um, Fair enough. I was, a, <laughs> I was a certified beer... I, I became a certified beer judge because I like to recognize style. I like to appreciate a beer for its style. I might not personally enjoy it, but if I can say this beer is perfectly brewed to style, then, like, there, I can't knock it just because I don't have a personal preference for it. Right, right, right. Um... I'm also kind of working my way up the ladder of Cicerone, um, which is kind of like a sommelier for beer. Okay. Um, like, I'm like first level at this point. The next level is like, the test is like $300. I just can't afford it right, right. right now. But um, it's, I would like to. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is definitely something that it's like going from like, you know, Irish music to like, I can have an entire two hour interview with just talking about beer. Um, <laughs> But, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I like you know one of my first songs that I ever wrote was just you know like elbow swing an Irish song about how beer is made. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean I have some friends who, who make beer and judge beer and, oh, yeah. and brew clubs and all that. Oh yeah, so. That's good and stuff. It's, it's funny is that, is that that friend is the one that got me like because the first beer I ever had was a Budweiser. and it was like and I had that and I was like I guess I don't like beer because I didn't realize uh, yeah. at eighteen that there's other things that there out was there. a. To, you know, different styles, different this, yeah. different that. It was just like, oh, this is beer, and it sucks. And then, and then my buddy was like, well, how about you know? He was really, he was a big like Sam Adams guy. Okay. Like, Try this. Yeah. And I was like, Classic. Oh, wow, that's that's way better. That's way different. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's very different. And you know, Sam Adams, Sam, think you know those would have become like the big the big breweries of craft beer that a lot of people are like they're no longer craft anymore. You right. know what? They paved the way. They set the way for everything else. Sam yeah. Adams, Sierra Nevada, um, I mean Dogfish Head, yeah. you know, I mean all these guys that have been around for like, you know, um, uh, New Belgium and Left Hand, like these guys right. have been around for like 30 years, but they like scraped to try and get the most minuscule market share of of a of a beverage market that is was basically almost mafioso like control right, right. by Bud Bud Miller Coors. Right. And now you're seeing <coughs> you're seeing this thing where the, the craft brewers breweries are doing way better and getting more of the market and then oh, the big yeah. ones are buying them up. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and there's there's definitely a there's a line in the sand being drawn for that type of thing between those breweries that are quote unquote selling out. Yeah. And the the breweries that are staying strong and making independent beer and we're like, no, we will not we won't we won't sell out. Right, right. So it's 
there it's it's a it's it's a very um, aggressive type of thing. There's there's some definite guys that are going you're you're a traitor to craft beer because right, of what right. you did. And you know what? Everyone's making beer at this point, so whatever they you know, I I try not to judge. I try to my judgment is is this beer that you started making independently still good after you sold out? Yeah. Has anything changed? Like are you because you're now able to produce like double or triple or quadruple the amount and do nationwide distributions, are you able to maintain that quality that you started with when you're right, only right. Bre- brewing in like five barrel batches? Yeah. Um, a barrel being, a, for a technical term, a barrel being 32 gallons. Right. Um, so, like, that's, that's my judgment. Right. That's the, okay, these people are still making a really quality product. Yeah. I'll still buy it. I'll still drink it. So, pretty much everybody that attends or performs at Renaissance fairs has some sort of nerdy thing that that they're into. Um, so I was wondering, what is your nerdy thing? Like I've heard you're you're very into like D and D and things of that nature. I, I was a D and D guy for a good long while. I haven't I haven't done that in a while. But I'm I'm a board gamer. Like I love board games, card games. I worked for a board game retailer up until just recently, Foam Brain Games. I do a lot of conventions. I was their convention operations manager. Um, and I I mean I will sit down. I, like my dream, like if I could open a bar that serves the best craft beer possible, has live traditional music, and a board game library. Done. It's happening out. I'm like, uh, that's 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 you know the hashtag life goal, um, because I believe that the best things in life can be everything. Everything in life can be solved with a good pint, quality music, and a good board game in front of you. Um, I yeah. So like, I just backed uh, I just backed a board game on Kickstarter. I'm always looking for new stuff. Um, these guys, uh, I found them when I was doing a convention last fall. Um, Zpang Portable. It's a card game. Um, and like I play, I like the the convention was a bust. We just spent the entire weekend not making money and playing this game that this guy had created <laughs> that hadn't hit Kickstarter yet, and it was amazing. So like that's what I love to do. I love to go and I love playing board games, um, and like board games, card games, small games. Uh, you know, big strategy. I'm a miniatures gamer as well, and I okay. paint. I paint little plastic mans, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I have no problem waving that nerd flag around. I mean, but really, like, I mean, my other thing, my other big nerd thing is well, fair. I yeah, mean, right. And that's. I mean, I've been. I've. I've fell in love with it and the people, and it draws that kind of crowd and has that energy and that magic. Still, I mean, I've been doing it for almost two decades, and it's still something that invigorates me even after a weekend when I am just ready to fall over and die right right <laughs> because I've played like nine sets yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's still like that next Monday I'm like all right let's get ready yeah Another weekend's coming and I'm excited so yeah yeah I love this place man there was there was uh, I mean I was telling actually Darlene uh, not Darlene I'm sorry Dale <laughs> oh yeah from, from the fair earlier today like the stuff that got me into coming here isn't here anymore, but I still love coming. Here. Mm-hmm. It used to be, you know, ten plus years ago. There was a much more. They catered a lot more to the adult crowd. Yeah. And they've sort of gone in a different direction. The, the evolution of of fair as a family family entertainment location. You can definitely see it if you've been here long enough. And I think it's actually. I mean, you know, a lot of fairs are they're now like having that adults only sections cordoned off 
got the adults only acts and that's great because you know what the only way that we are going to be able to continue to have our little playground is if we bring in the new crowd yeah, the yeah. new crowd has has 2.5 kids in an SUV yeah. so you know what we got to make it accessible to them too and yeah. you know what they're having a good time too oh, they're yeah. coming to my shows like I got a picture with me like sitting on a sitting on a stair on the edge of my stage with two like four-year-old kids maybe three-year-old kids like they're just now starting to walk they haven't really talked yet and like for me they're just tiny drunk people so <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that's how I like I'm like okay I can communicate with you you're just a tiny drunk person <laughs> and I, I deal with those guys all the time right so you know and you have those moments and you have those connections and they come back and as long as they're coming back and having a good time we get to continue doing what we do. Right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not crapping on it at all. Oh, yeah. I just, I'm just saying that... Uh, you can definitely see the evolution. I, yeah. It used to be very different. But I think it's it's still it's still a great magical place. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't still be here if I, if I didn't. That's right. So, um, this is the question I ask everyone on the show. Um, and it may be a little different for you than, than some of the other guests I've had because... You're sort of, as far as I know, like you're not a signed musician. Unless well, I'm, I'm on a contract. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, then, see, I learned something already. <laughs> but so, um, what are your thoughts on on the music industry and how and how it's sort of people have sort of gone away from buying albums and and doing the either the Spotify thing or the illegal mm. downloading thing? And it's like, well, you know, the bands just make all their money at shows anyway. I don't need to buy the music. Like, how do you feel about? That? Okay. Yeah. So okay. No, I was thinking something different I'm not a signed artist I'm an independent artist um, and you know I mean it's it's kind of one of those things where you can't stop the juggernaut right like you know there is like you know the big artists are taking themselves off Spotify and things like that you know what it's you're not gonna help it you're not gonna stop it and here's the thing music music needs to be heard I do this I do a lot of these songs to make sure that they don't die. Right. Like right. I, I, I practiced. I started practicing the bard's tradition of, you know, I do a lot of the a lot of the songs that everybody else does, but I try and do a few songs that, if we don't, if there's not a few of us still singing these songs, then no one's gonna remember what they are, and that's a shame. Right. Right. So if you know what, if I can put that song on the internet and char- charge nothing for it and have someone listen to it on Spotify and I'll make whatever five cents off of it, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and people do still buy music. I mean, you know, people will buy my CDs or they'll, like, I've got access to it, you know, they can download them for, like, a pittance of what they would because I'm not having to print, print CDs, right, right. which is cost money. So, like, you know, a CD that I would charge $10 for, uh, I charge seven fifty on for the, for, for the digital download. You know, um, and you know, I've got download codes that I that I have, and <coughs> like you know, I have a little every now and then I'll have like a a frame thing with a QR code on it, so people can just take a picture and they'll take them to my Facebook page, or they'll take them to my my website, and they can download my music. Um, and you know what? If they download it and they share it with their friends, yeah, I lost seven dollars, but I might have gained three new fans that will probably start buying my music after that. Uh, or you know, giving me tip money, or uh, you know, allowing the, like filling the crowd that will allow management to say, oh, he's drawing a lot of people. Right. And when I go in to say, hey, see these crowds I'm drawing, 
maybe that means you can pay me a little bit more. Right, right. I mean, so, yeah, the industry is changing and it's evolving. And here's the thing, we're not going to stop it, so we might as well evolve with it. Right. It's like, if we don't change, then we're just going to get left behind. So, you know, might as well not try and fight the storm. All right, that's fair enough. So, we got... After today, there's two weeks left of the New York Renaissance Fair. And then I get to sleep. Okay, well, I was going to say, what, what was next for you? I guess you're not going to do more fairs, which is what I was going to ask. Um, so, um, you're going to take a break. Are you going to record any new music? Well, it's like, I'm not going to... Like, I, my fair season is pretty much done. I'm going to go... I'm actually going to try and be a patron for a weekend down in Maryland. I have no idea if that's actually going to work. My wife has forbade me from bringing an instrument. Um, <laughs> we'll see how that works out. Um... <laughs> Uh, but aside from that, like I'm gonna get together with the Hudson Valley Tinkers, and I want to like we I want to get our I want to get kind of a pub tour going. Like we've got some pubs that we used to play at a lot, and I want to get get those back going. I want to see what I can do some things down in like North Jersey, down in the city, maybe down in Massachusetts, um, and really get together with them. I want to record an album with those guys because I think we'd make some really good stuff. I want to start making a uh, a set list to do a new album to release next season here. Okay. Um, like, it's, I'm never done. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, like, there's, there's no, like, the music is, too, it's, it's in me. Like, right. it's just a part of who I am. So I'm just not going to stop. I'm just going to do something a little bit different and fair will, I'll pick up fair again. I would like to do some of the smaller fairs now that I'm more local and I'm not traveling as much for work. So, you know, I'd love to be able to, you know, do, like, the New Jersey fairs three weekends, the Philly fairs a couple weekends. I wouldn't mind doing those small, smaller shows, um, like, next spring. But, yeah. like, for the winter, I'm going to do some work on my house. I'm going to practice my tenor banjo and do some sessions and hang out and work towards next season. Yeah. Uh, but not, like, but I'm going to do a lot more pub gigs. You can definitely, like, I'll, you know, I'll post that to my Facebook group. I'm going to make a Facebook group for the Hudson Valley Tinkers when we get a little bit more, we can get some promotional videos and, like, some okay. audio and a little bit of photos. And you'll be able to follow the Hudson Valley Tinkers where we're going right. um, in, like, different pubs in the area. Because right. we're, we're going to be a pub band or maybe some Irish music festivals, trad music festivals. That's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I know that the... Uh Three Pints Shy and the Rascals and Rogues, they do a lot of stuff at the... Uh, the Way Station. The Way Station, yeah. the Doctor Who bar. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun I've, place. I've never been to before. Uh, I've done a few... I, I've done I've done some, 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 of the, some shows with the Rascals and Rogues at that bar. It's fun. It's a fun little place. It's very inviting for, for folks like us. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, if I have the ability to come play in with them on those occasions, I, I totally will. Um... We'll we'll see how that goes. I mean, we'll like I'm always open to play yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like oh, I get to, I get to play. Awesome. Let's let's do this. Yeah, like yeah. let's it's like I get to have fun and be with awesome people and we'll flirt with pretty girls and have people oh, buy yeah. me drinks. Okay, <laughs> sign me up. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Yeah. Um, so before we go, anything else that you wanted to say? Anything you wanted to promote other than you know you said your Facebook, which yeah. I will also yeah yeah you can follow my Facebook Matt Young Irish Roots. Um, I've got a band camp, which you can get my album downloads. Uh, I've only got like, I've got an EP, six, a six track EP of Irish music that I made a couple years ago. If you are interested in the classical stuff, I do have a classical album up there from years ago. It's a combination of American and British art songs. It's, it's got some fair stuff on there. I actually recorded back when I first started playing guitar, Kill Kelly Ireland. It's the saddest fucking Irish song I've ever, I have ever heard in my life. And I had to put it on this album. Uh, but there's some other good stuff. Um, on that one uh, and that's available for download 
Uh, aside from that, you know, follow you know follow me on on Facebook and look for the Hudson Valley Tinkers to come into your area in New England. Hopefully, sometime t- late 2017, early 2018. All right, man, sounds good. I think that you've got a show in a few minutes. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I should, uh, should let you get to that. And thanks for being on the oh, show. Thanks much. It's a great time. Kilkenny, Ireland, 18 and 60, my dear and loving son John. Your good friend, the schoolmaster, Pad McNamara, was so good as to write these words down. Your brothers have all gone to fine work in England, the house is so empty and sad. And the crop of potatoes is sorely infected A third to a half of them bad And your sister Bridget and Patrick O'Donnell They're going to be married in June And your mother says not to work on the railroad And be sure to come on home soon Kilkelly, Ireland, 18 and 70, my dear and loving son John. Hello to your missus and to your four children, may they grow healthy and strong. Our Michael has got in a wee bit of trouble, I suppose that he never will learn. Because of the dampness there's no turf to speak of And now we have nothing to burn And Bridget is happy and named a child for her You know she's got six of her own And you say you found work But you don't say what kind Or when you'll be coming home Kilkelly, Ireland, 18 and 80 Dear Michael and John, my sons I'm sorry to give you the very sad news That your dear old mother's passed on We buried her down at the church in Kilkelly Your brothers and Bridget were there You don't have to worry, she died very quickly Remember her in your prayers And it's so good to hear that Michael's returning With money he's sure to buy land For the crop has been poor and the people are selling At any price they can Kilkelly, Ireland, 18 and 90, my dear and loving son John. I guess that I must now be close on to 80, it's 30 years since you've gone. Because of all of the money you sent me, I'm still living out on my own. And Michael has built himself a fine house 
And Bridget's daughters are grown And thank you for sending your family picture They're all lovely women and men You say that you might even come for a visit What joy to see you again Kelly, Ireland, 1892, my dear brother John. I'm sorry I didn't write sooner to tell you that father's passed on. He was living with Bridget, she said he was cheerful and healthy right down to the end. You should have seen him playing with the grandchildren of Pat McNamara, your friend. And we buried him alongside of mother down at the Kilkelly churchyard. Oh, he was a strong and a feisty old man, considering his life was so hard. And it's funny the way he kept talking about you. He called for you at the end. Oh, why don't you think about coming to visit? We'd all love to see you again. And from the album A Common Language, that was Matt Young with Kilkelly, Ireland, or as he said at the tail end of the interview, the saddest effing Irish song ever. Uh, I want to thank Matt for being on the show. Um, and, uh, you know, it's great getting to talk with, with uh, people from FAIR. You know, I mean, I talk with people from FAIR all the time while I'm at FAIR, but, you know, it, it's great to, to find out you know, because the Renaissance Fair has been a part of my life since 2003, and and a very big part of my life since 2005. And so it's 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 always great to hear other people's stories of how they got into being there, be it as a participant or uh, just a patron. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to, I mean, I said this last time, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to get anybody else from the New York Renaissance Fair on this show this season, but uh, there is only two weeks left at this point. Um, But, uh, you know, never say never. I'll see what I can do, and if not, there's always next year. Um, I don't have any idea, obviously, because it's so far away. I I don't have any idea about schedules or anything like that, uh, who's going to be booked for next year. All I can say is that I hope to see the return of the Dread Crew of Oddwood, and I know that uh, (laughs) many other people at the Renaissance Fair feel the same, especially the hashtag boar babes (laughs) at the the Blue Boar Pub where... where, uh, Matt Young and Three Punch Shy and the Dread Crew of Oddwood all play their shows. Um, and, uh, you know, people have been asking me all fair season, who people I don't even know, like, hey, where's the Dread Crew? What's going on with the Dread Crew? They, they took time off. Beyond that, I don't know. Uh, and hopefully they'll come back. Um, now be sure to uh, 
check out. Uh, Matt already, you know, sort of plugged his stuff uh, in the in the interview, but uh, absolutely go check Matt out on on Facebook and uh, his Bandcamp, which is where I grabbed the songs for this episode. Because uh, as I said, I, I don't I, I only just met him this year, really. I mean, I became aware of him last year, but we only became uh, friendly with each other this year. Uh, so I grabbed those uh, downloads from the Bandcamp page just a few minutes ago. Um, so yeah, so check Matt out on on Facebook, on Bandcamp. Uh, you can follow J Bunny's Music Hub on both the Facebook group and the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on uh, on Instagram. I have to uh, have to make sure that I uh, I'm keeping up on the Instagram and the Twitter. You know, Facebook. Once I finally got around to joining Facebook, which was later than most, uh, it's been my social media platform of choice, and so I, it, it, uh, it's a little, it's a bit much to do the, no, that is a bit much, it's, it's a, it's a, it takes some remembering to do the other stuff, the Instagram and the Twitter, the stuff that I kind of only signed up for because I had to and not really because I wanted to, <laughs> um, also, don't forget that we're on we're on Patreon. Um, haven't uh, that's another thing that I signed up for because it sounded interesting. It sounded uh, beneficial. Again, once again, being that I don't have a, a job at the moment, that would be a good way to help keep this podcast going in a way that I'd like to uh, is to back us on Patreon. Um, don't forget to follow the Industry Embers on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and uh, give a post or give a tweet anytime you purchase new music and use the hashtag buymusic, B-U-Y, or it's buymusic, B-Y-E. Uh, J Bunny's Music Hub podcast is uh, affiliated with the Club Kayfabe Creative Community, so you can check them out on Facebook and Twitter, CKCC Online, or Club Kayfabe Creative Community. Um... And a little bit of, uh, I want to say self-promotion, although I am, uh, <laughs> I was involved in the creation of both the person and the podcast. Um, my son Nicholas um, decided after uh, hearing the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast that he wanted to have his own podcast. So my nine-year-old son Nick uh, has the Metal Nick podcast Um he hopes to uh, to one day interview bands and musicians like I do, but right now he's just interviewing family. So episode one was me, episode two was his mother, although I showed up there a little bit too. So if you're so inclined to listen to a, a nine-year-old with ADD interview his parents, definitely go check that out, Metal Nick Podcast on, uh, on Facebook and Podomatic. Um, as for the J Bunny Music Hub podcast, uh, we've got some things in the works. We've got, uh, have a, a definite confirmed interview for, uh, I mean, I guess nothing. It's confirmed and, you know, things happen, but hopefully, uh, I've got a confirmed interview for next, next Friday, uh, with the band Soil. So that should be going online, um, early October because the, Friday is the 29th, and then I've got the final weekend of the New York Renaissance Fair, so I'm not going to be available any point that weekend to do the editing. So first week of October, look for that episode. Um, there may or may not be another episode recorded that day. I'm not going to say anything 
as to who it is until I know that it is uh, until after it has happened. After it has happened, I will post online uh, who it was. If it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But yeah, I may be doing a second show that same day, uh, and I may have something going this this Friday. I'm not sure yet. Um, like I always say, there's no real schedule to this. It happens as it does. It happens when it does. Uh, but as long as I can keep getting guests, it'll keep happening. So, um, it, obviously, if you guys have, as I said in the first episode, if you have any recommendations, any suggestions, any hookups for uh, people that you would like to hear me interview, definitely send that information my way. Uh, please, if you have any... Um, if you have any feedback on the shows, please uh, send that my way too. Um, because uh, I only see numbers, and uh, obviously people are listening. I'm seeing plays and downloads, but I have no idea what anybody thinks of what I'm doing. So uh, absolutely, please share your your feedback, your your criticism if you have any. Um, that's that's fine by me. And don't forget, guys, if you like the show, tell your friends and send them to our social media pages. The Believe it or not, the higher the numbers those numbers get, uh, the better a show I can give you. I, I'm, uh, I'm not sure if uh, you guys saw my post or if I have mentioned it previously, but uh, you know, in reaching out to try and get these interviews with some of these bands, especially, you know, like touring signed uh, label acts, um... They have to get approval from their PR people and, and things of that nature. And if they don't see numbers that they decide are big enough, and I haven't really been told yet what the threshold is, but if they don't see big enough numbers, then they won't approve their uh, acts to, to do the interviews. So uh, every every like helps. So you know, make sure to, to tell your friends. Uh, now I'm going to leave you today with a, another song by Matt Young. Uh, from his EP, New in Town, this is River Driver. Until next time, guys. He was just in the age of 16 when I first went on the after six months hard labor, back home I did arrive. I courted with a pretty girl, she's the one calls me to roll. Now I'm a river driver, and I'm far away from home. I need when I am hungry, and I'll drink. Sit and view me as I go 
Don't 